What if what if Arike? What if Arike went to the Sun magically now too? I'd rather have Arike oh. than Courtney Williams. Whoa! Clip that. Somebody clip that. But okay. um, that's fair. I went too. Like, I don't think Arike is gonna punch somebody at a Wendy's, dog. I think I'm a splendid person, personally. <laughs> I, I stink. This sucks. This sucks. I'm just so happy. I clicked record so I get to just clip you saying I stink. I need that. We need that. Streets need that. Here. WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Rebel Edition, your weekly WNBA podcast. My name is Corey. We got the whole gang here. We're going to talk about free agency. Chris, we'll start with you. How are you? I'm, I'm good, considering I, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I decided to point it in a direction this time. When I put it up to the room, we're all kind of stammering over each other. Bailey, what's up? Oh, you know, just chilling, ready to talk about the latest in free agency. Yeah, luckily I'm the host, so I'm going to shift this focus as much as I can. So, Akil, what's going on? Um, not much. Can't complain. Vibes are great. I can't it's, argue with that. We're, we're here. It's Monday. Let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some hoops. So, most of this is going to be focused on free agency. I'm going to actually start with non-free agency, though, because it's something we complained about plenty last week. The Phoenix Mercury have a head coach at long last. They do. It seemed to catch some of the people in charge of reporting on it off guard, because I know that there was other names that were kind of rumored to be the the go-to, but Vanessa Nygaard, new head coach of the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, So she has a, a pretty actually extensive coaching background, of which she is still a high school basketball coach, funny enough. I don't know if she'll be continuing to do that while she's a head coach in the W, but that's definitely interesting. Bailey, what were your thoughts on this? I'll start with you on this. I, I was kind of taken off guard by that. I don't. I didn't ever remember hearing her name being tossed around. No, and I didn't know a whole lot about her coming in. I I knew she was a player. Like I, I kind of knew a bit about her as a player, but I did not know about her her coaching resume. But I haven't really seen a lot of statements. Uh, I know they had a press conference like just earlier today. Um, so I don't know kind of what they saw in her. I, I haven't caught up on it. I'll admit I'm a little behind on that. Uh, but they know what they're doing. They're going in a new direction. And I, she's a completely fresh late in the W as a coach. So it'd be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, she's been assistant for a few teams, but, like, it's still, like, a lot all over the place. She's coached at the pro level, the college level, prep. Yeah. I'm in as, as a head coach. I'm sorry. 
No, no, no. I know what you mean. I just, I, I figured I'd clarify for anyone who did not look it up. But yeah, so it's, it's kind of cool. Like, I kind of like that. As much as I liked New York going for like Rondello or Vegas going for Becky Hammond, I kind of like Phoenix going a completely different path and really like kind of changing what we think about them as a franchise. To me personally, I, I think that things seem like they're going to change not necessarily immediately, but over the course of time, because you don't really bring in a brand new, like, green head coach for a team built around three, like, all-star level players. But yeah, you know, what, so, what were your thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was, first of all, I had a couple thoughts before I, I get exactly how much you're talking about. Um, thought number one, this is another one for the Bill Lambeer tree, right? Um, another one of his assistants. That tree is growing very big and wide. Uh, you want to know who was one of Vanessa's starting point guards when she was in high school? I, I have an idea, but go ahead. Any guesses? Your favorite guesses? player. Okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Jordan's up out of there. She's going to Phoenix. Absolutely gone. Let the, Give him the, let the conspiracies unfold. <laughs> Give him the kick. She is out of there. Best day of my life. I need it. Um, but more seriously, I think um, more seriously, I think with how green they are going as a coach, I, like remember we were talking about how this team could have either two different directions was depending on who their coach hire is. Like it could either go right and they're actually trying to compete. Um, I think that they might not necessarily be taking steps back, but I do think there's going to be a lot more bumps in the road. Uh, in these next coming years, and it may mean that Sky Diggs is out the road um, when her free agency kicks up, and it may mean that they're going a lot younger faster. Um, so I'm kind of interested in why they went that route when they were just like doing pretty well this past season. So it it, it kind of confused me a little bit. I honestly don't hate it, though, like, if, if, if we're right on that regard, though, because I feel like we said the whole time that while they made it to the finals, it was probably close to a repositioning because how, how much longer do we have DT after this coming season? So not right now, but next year, I think the only player on the roster is Sky. So they're in a place where they can really reshape things very quickly. So I don't mind them getting ahead of it, but it is definitely weird if we expect them to be trying to make a rebound back to some sort of finals contention this year. Carissa, what were your thoughts? I know you were the, of all of us last week, you were actually the most vocal of why do they still not have a coach? So how do you feel about who they picked? I mean, I, I agree with Bailey as far as I was a little surprised because her name wasn't in the hat, but it's not going to tell us everything. I mean, we can only go off of what we see. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like a kill. I don't think it's a step back. I just kind of see, you know, I'm ready to see how it'll play out. But yeah, I don't I don't take it as a step back. And then as far as Jordan Canada, she could go to, to Phoenix and she did take Seattle Storm out of her bio. She did? So she did? <laughs> You're capping. She no. did? That ass? Yeah, it's not in there. Yo, this is the best day of my life, right? Bombshells. You're really getting me the best news possible. I will gladly take Brianne January over Jordan Canada. Yeah, no, it's gone. It is really gone. Hey, I'm lit. 
I am lit. Cloud nine. I'm back, baby. I'm so happy for you that you can't, get to give up on a young player. Can't wait till Stewie leaves too. <laughs> so we'll get into the rumors and, and, and the and the stuff like that in a minute. But the only other thing, and this actually somehow leaves us with the Seattle Storm as always. Uh, the only other coaching news was Noel Quinn's coaching staff. So uh, she added Pokey Chapman and Ebony Hoffman to the coaching staff. So Akil, get us started because that's your team. You're clearly you're clearly excited with that. Yeah, like, Pokey's a great hire. Like, I'm super happy about it. I think some things for me, especially you could tell towards the end of last year, like, she didn't really have the wise, I don't want to call Pokey a wise tree, uh, but, like, you kind of, like, you know, like, the person who carries you on your path to enlightenment, kind of that person, right? Like, a newer coach doesn't really have the old veteran kind of to help show you the ropes. Who better than Pokey, right? Like literally who better? She's been around the block, very successful coach in the W. Uh, So to have that be like your lead assistant, uh, it's a very, very cool thing. And I'm excited that we brought her on the staff because I think it's nice to have a veteran presence for a very, very young coach in the league. Bailey, you, I, you were the first person I actually saw even before like the like the team shared it. I know that that was just because of the way my timeline set up, but you like this news as well, right? I do. I uh, I know Pokey has had you know her ups and downs as a coach, but I think she is one of the best basketball minds out there, and I appreciate you know kind of her viewpoint on the game. She breaks things down on Twitter from time to time, and I. She's had really good success in most of her places. I know her run with the fever was a little lackluster, but we all know how the fever have been for the past, I don't know, 10 years at this point. So it's not really completely on her. Um, in the Euro League, she had a four-peat, which is, you know, impressive. Like, you don't just get there by accident. So there's a, there's a lot of good things to um, that she brings to that team. And she's also familiar with Noel Quinn. She coached Noel Quinn, if I remember correctly, um, at some point in her career. So I, I love the hire. And even though the storm talent-wise on the court may look a lot different again, maybe even take a step back on the bench, they're going to have some firepower. So, Kirsten, did you have anything else to add on that? I don't mean to keep coming to you last whenever everybody else has already taken up all the points. I, I will correct that when we get to free agency, trust me. No, no, I, I agree with everyone. I think um, everyone in in this pod, as well as, like, the W community, feels like it was a great hire. And I'm I'm glad, like, she took another chance on the W and, you know, the W took another chance on her. Anyway, into free agency. We haven't actually got, like, any of the real signings yet, but we have enough, like, rumors and innuendo and kind of confirmed that we'll be officially signed on the first type stuff, so... I'm going to kind of, this is almost in chronological order. So I'm going to kind of go through each one and, and kind of like, if we, if we want to talk about it, cool, if not, because there's plenty of other interesting things to talk about. Also cool. Uh, I'll probably start with whoever, whoever's team. Like if one of our teams is involved, probably start with them uh, and then kind of pass it around. So the first person on the list actually involves Chris's team. Steph Dolson is talking to basically half the league. So I know we touched on it last week, but I feel like at this point, like while she is talking to Chicago, I feel like it it seems more and more likely that she's not going back there. Do you agree? 
I agree. And I agree that she deserves her money. So she needs to go where, you know, she can get that. Yeah. I like it, I didn't even realize like how much she was making and how much of a pay cut she'd have to take to stay with Chicago just because of like they're great and they have a lot of great players. So it's it's tough. So yeah. Is there a destination where you would like to see her go most of the teams she's talked to? Mm, I could see her in New York. New York or Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we'll, we'll, we'll get to another player that's talking to New York in a little bit, but the pairing of them going to New York is is a lot of fun to really think about. Akil, I know that you've had plenty of thoughts on Steph Dolson, and I know you've been pro her going to Vegas for a while, but it, it, speaking on what Chris has said about New York, that would also be a pretty fun fit, right? Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Steph going to Vegas, honestly, or even New York. I think both of those teams kind of use a lot of what she's good at. Both of them are very pick and hold, pick and roll heavy kind of centric offenses, uh, especially with Sabrina there. Like she needs some people to set her some nasty screens to kind of give her space to operate. Uh, so that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Vegas fit. I've just said it since like the beginning of existence. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep speaking it to make sure it actually happens. Uh, so Steph Dolson to Vegas. If I could bet on that, I absolutely would. Um, there probably is a way I can, so I should get in on that while the, while, while the world's hot. Bailey. So I, I know you're not a big athletic person, but uh, but Nigelani was doing a big uh, Q&A before. I don't I think it was at uh, some event for I, I forget what, what sponsored event it was at, but she was, was doing a Q&A. Was, was, it the Wilson, was it the Wilson opening? Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interviewer is continuously trying to press her about drop a name you're recruiting, drop a name you're recruiting. And she's like, I'm not going to tell you who else I'm recruiting. And then it came out later that Stewie might be going, but she just kept saying, we want Steph Dolson. I'm talking to Steph Dolson. I'm giving you the name Steph Dolson. So I don't like of all the, I Chris called them out first, but like of all the teams that she's been talking to, it, it seems like that's where there's the most traction at the moment. Yeah. And I think one thing that Steph Dolson would bring to New York that wouldn't be, I'm not going to say wouldn't be as important, but some of the other teams can have without her is a level of toughness, right? Like Steph Dolson, we saw, you know, we've seen her before be kind of feisty, be fiery, be fired up and, you know, play big. And I think that's something that New York doesn't quite have. They don't have that type of player, and they could use that type of player. Um, I know when Natasha Howard came back uh, last season, like Chris has said multiple times, like she's felt small. She didn't really play like big, right? And maybe you could slot stuff Dolson in with Natasha Howard sometimes and kind of run something like that. Or, you know, you just bring her hand to be kind of, I don't want to say an enforcer, but to bring an extra level of toughness that they didn't really have or have shown in that team whereas like in vegas you're gonna have that you've got asia you've got chelsea gray you've got derrick hamby kelsey like you've got players for quantum williams is rumored to go back like you've got that there and of all the teams in the league and the ones that she's rumored to talk to like they're the ones that kind of would gain that intangible level more than any of the teams i think so I, i think that would be a great fit for not only basketball reasons but i also think that that kind of game within the game um addition would make a lot of sense yeah no i agree completely it, it's something i've really warmed to because like it was like 
I know we, like you said, we pointed it out last season, but it's still, it, it's a lot for me to get over that Natasha Howard isn't that big for them because like, that's just how I picture her. But if you can put a big next to her, but also they're like, like, like the, the thing you kept calling out in the playoffs, Bailey, was that skilled big. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a traditional big, It'd be somebody who can do a bunch of different things. Right. So that Howard can still be the lockdown force on the defensive end, but you can play a bunch of different ways on the offensive side of the court. I, I think that's very interesting. This could all be moot, though, if Stewie joins her her Connecticut teammate in New York. That's uh, no shots at you, Gil. That's the next point on my list because I was going from like where this is kind of breaking chronologically. Yeah, sure, sure. It actually is the second point on my list, but we'll start talking about New York vouch. so much. All right, for sure. Whatever you say. Do I'll start with you, Gil, because like I said, we're going to try to gear it towards whoever's team it is, if the, if there is one. Do you put any stock in that Stewie's actually looking to leave? No. Like, no. <laughs> like, do I think that there's something to be said for being a free agent and really exploring your markets? Absolutely, because that's what free agency is. Like, let's go to every team, see how much money everybody wants to give me, and then Seattle, can you top this final offer? Like, yeah. Like, do I think that's what she's doing? Absolutely. Uh, do I think that there's a good shot of her leaving? Eh. Uh, but do I think she probably ends up staying? Yeah. You just don't want to lose that bet. You said the same thing like six times in five different ways. That's impressive. <laughs> I should really be a politician. I can I can spin words around in a circle. Um, Chris, he's just so afraid of losing that bet. He does not want to have to say stinks for a week. He will though. <laughs> so you think there's a real chance that she considers New York? I do. I really do. I think the fit would be really. I, I so because I also don't watch college sports. I don't think of Steph Dolson and, and Brianna Stewart as a pairing. I know they were at college, but getting to see that in the end or in the WNBA is kind of intriguing to me. I think that that's yeah, yeah. Like in theory, if we really want to talk about it, like a Sabrina, Sammy Whitcomb, Benajah Laney. Dewey and Steph starting fives disgusting. Like that is absolutely a ton of fun. Versatility out the wazoo, a ton of people that can shoot, play, make, do a whole ton of different things. Um, defensively, they'll probably give up a lot of buckets. Like they, they <laughs> yeah. probably like they're giving up 80, 80 points a night, but they might be scoring 150. That's like, what it is, right? It's it's one of the most unique... Why are you shaking your head at me, baby? Oh no, like, that because you cannot speak in non-hyperbole. No, that that defense, to, to quote our boy, would be food. Like, yeah, no, it, it would be, but like saying someone's scoring 150 at night. Okay, that's the part that was the problem, yeah. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> okay, so they give up 80 and they score 95. Sorry. All right. They should, if they get that line so up, they should change correction. their name. <laughs> they should be the New York turnstiles. Uh, but like, just watching as somebody who is really – as I put in my Twitter bio, an amateur film watcher at this point, watching that team work on offense would be so much fun to just dissect all of the different things they could do. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm intrigued by things. I don't know what to expect from Stewie as a defender going forward, coming off of, I mean, the Achilles injuries does not help on that side of the court at all. I wouldn't imagine, but I'm definitely interested. I, I was if nothing else, I was just stunned to see that she was talking to somebody right out the gate. You know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't the first reported team was, was not Seattle. Yeah. 
unless they like ugh, that's just wishing so much on my Seattle Storm's downfall. Like I I also do think that there is a good shot like Mercedes Russell uh like can maybe be flirting it up with her old team of the New York Liberty as well. Like ugh, damn high. Right, but mind. I'd like that I, but I'd like that too though. Like I mean if you're going to Obviously, and obviously, you'd rather lose Mercedes Russell than lose Stewie. But like, I, I think that Mercedes brings brings actually something really interesting to that team. But we'll get to we'll we'll get to uh, more in, the, in a minute. And honestly, I had to focus it on you being sad because we're gonna get to me being sad in, in a little bit. I saved I'm gonna save that for last because oh baby, we, we can't. Uh, it's fun to toast one of us being sad. Yes, Bailey. Uh, I just want to add something to the Stewie team discussion. I think one interesting perspective from this, I can't remember who I saw that said it, um, somebody who's a bit better basketball mind than I, but they said that the meeting with Stewie could not ha- could have repercussions, but in like a season or two. Yeah. Like she could have gotten the inside scoop on what their plan is and set up something for the future as well. And I think that's a very – Interesting prospect, especially given kind of like you said, Corey, like what is Stewie going to be off these injuries and, you know, how's that going to affect her? Hopefully it doesn't, you know, like lower her too much, but also there is a possibility that it does. And so, you know, seeing, you know, maybe in two years, maybe Stu York is a thing. I'm very, very interested to see if it does have effects down the line more so than in the immediate future well we spent a lot of time last week and i actually threw a disclaimer on the pod before it came out last week but the indiana we we defended the indiana fever to an extent last week when akil was trying to talk about them being irrelevant them waving kaiser right after we went off the air last week or not helping your guys's case let me tell you it certainly was not I don't know that we really need to touch on it at this point other than to say that, yeah, that sucks because, like, there's nothing new yet. We don't know where she's going. There's no rumors about where she's going, but I don't feel as smart as I did last week trying to defend the Indiana Fever. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to add, kill because you you were the one who wanted to make fun of them? I mean, that's y'all's team. I don't know. <laughs> that's y'all's team. It is definitely a bad look waving your lottery picks in back-to-back seasons. Waving two lottery picks in two years in back-to-back? That's, hey, with both of them franchise, let me tell you. With both of them playing less than a season's worth of games total. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely questionable at best. And in Kaiser's case, I think it's even more questionable given that she did step away um, for personal reasons. Obviously, I don't know if that's why they cut her or waived her. I should say, like we, I don't know if we ever got a reason why. We did not that I saw. They did not. They did not say anything. Hopefully, it leaks out a little bit later because I feel like that should be public knowledge. And and I also think I also have seen like some comments that I don't really like seeing about like, um, reflecting back on her because I mean, obviously, we were all shocked when I picked her fourth overall. And, you know, she didn't really show up to be like a fourth overall pick last year. But also, she didn't really have a lot of opportunities for one. And two, like, how much can we hold them taking her fourth on her? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like she's catching flack for 
being an underperforming fourth overall pick when she was never viewed as a fourth overall pick until she was the fourth overall pick. So I, I, I think uh, today I saw her Instagram. She put a picture of her like in a gym working cool. She still obviously wants to hoop, but like, I really feel like there were a lot of, there was a lot of bounce back on her for that, that wasn't really warranted giving that, the situation she was in was never really made sense from the beginning. Carissa, before I go on, surprisingly, this might be where my, my mini rant comes. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I agree. So we've said a lot about how I I kill specifically about how maybe a change in the leadership in the front office may be in order. But here's my thing. Maybe Marianne Stanley needs to just wake up. Like, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Like, here's the thing. You guys are not a good team. You have not been competing for the last two years. Why in the world are you not giving a, like, run to these lottery players? Even if they're not ready to be playing, what are you playing for? Like, why are you, like, we, we've been talking so much about how these, like, roles don't fit. Use them. Like, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, it's like, it just doesn't make sense to me because like, I don't actually have a lot of like specifics that I want to get into. It's just like very frustrating to me because like, if you're going to be a bad franchise, honestly, it's what I said about Dallas, but at least Dallas can compete for a playoff spot. You're sacrificing the the development of young players to compete for a playoff spot. The Fever are sacrificing the development of young players to compete for the the top lottery odds. Like (laughs) you, you won't be worse by playing them because you're already the worst team in the league. Yeah. So you you hit my point my like my biggest point i always want to stress with like teams that are not good at basketball like if you're not going to be good at basketball and if you have a lot of young players on your team play your young players so you know at least what you have going forward so if you ever think about being good like you could have something to work forward to with said young players it's like why are we choosing to be bad and not actually playing the young talent that we have on our roster it makes zero sense. I do not get it. Yeah, I don't get it one bit. Yeah, well, so they are. They were the worst team in the league this year, right? The three – sorry, I'll go even further. The four lowest minutes per game players were all under the age of 24. When you're playing all these older players, when you're not actually trying to compete, like and it, and it's like Lauren Cox. Whenever she was there, she only played 11 games. She played 8.7 minutes per game. Kaiser Gondrzic, 9.1 minutes per game. You can't see anything in that time period. And I understand making players earn it to get on the court. I totally get that. But like, what kind of evaluation can you make in that kind of on game? Like, and also like part of it maybe this is on like to your point. Corey, like maybe she's not made to coach like a younger kind of rebuilding squad. So, like, if that is a situation, like you gotta find a coach that's gonna be willing to lose a ton of games playing young people, to so you can kind of figure out what that is. Because if you just have them sitting on your end of your bench, like basically collecting dust, it's like it's, it if, doesn't help anybody. It's like what. If, what are we doing here? Like, what really are we doing here objectively? Yeah, so let's hope that the, the person they take this year is 
good enough in Marianne Stanley's eyes to get some minutes and, and hopefully does not get cut mid like in the off season of 2023. But that's it. I, I It's just frustrating to me because like, I want to give a team benefit of the doubt, but that just looks so, I don't know what's worse. Like if it comes out that they cut her because of the mental, the, not mental health, but like, uh, like whatever the issues off the court were, or if it's like, because of the, the thing on the court, but like, I just don't think you can cut a fourth overall pick for on the court whenever you're playing them nine nine minutes per game over the course of a third of the season. It just it's bizarre to me. So real quick, this is also not something we have to talk about because we talked last week that it looked like it was going to be confirmed and then it was confirmed. Sylvia Fowles is back and theoretically confirmed with Minnesota. So awesome. I mean, I want to watch still play again. I don't know if that'll be in the playoffs given the state of Nafisha Collier not being on the roster for most of the season, but here we are. Bailey, I'm going to touch on two quick things with your team. So I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you up first for this. Uh, mm-hmm. Taya Cooper resigned, resigned, accepted the qualifying offer, yeah. and then Nia Coffey went to your Atlanta Dream. Your is doing a lot of work in that sentence, but which one of those two teams do you give money to? Technically, both. Uh, you're a season ticket holder for one of them, only because it's my local market. But I digress. Um, Black, biggie, biggie, black, biggie, biggie, black. (laughs) Can't wait to watch Mrs. Cooper Kamara hoop this upcoming season again. Um, But, no, I I like the Taylor sign. They get married? No, they're not married, but they are extremely booed up. Okay, okay. You cannot hop on social media without seeing it. I'm just going to call her Cooper Kamara for now. Speaking of booed up, by the way, really quickly, that song came on my shuffle. I forget how much of a chokehold that had on our lives. I ain't gonna lie, that song is a banger to this day. You can't listen to it a lot, but like when you hear it and you ain't heard it in a minute, bruh, yeah. Elevate had a chokehold on my life in 2018, 2019, 2018, yeah. But bruh, like LMA before she dropped that album, like her little EPs and those few little singles were elite. And then she dropped that album again. And that first album was mid, super mid. She got some good features in here and there, but like, I don't know. Anyways, the John Legend feature is tough. Anyways, um, that back to uh, back to Sparks. We can talk music all day long. But anyways, well, I, I think your music takes calling people mid have kind of thrown me off over the last week. I'm going to be honest with you. What do you mean? You know what I mean. Probably the album of last year for most people. You said was mid. You actually said it was boring. Olivia Rodrigo. I think that's probably going to be like it was super boring. It had three high notes and everything else was a snooze fest. Hey, all right, we ain't gonna do that, uh, but bro. <laughs> all right, we're gonna have a new podcast on on Outlet Pass called Debatables, where me and me and Bailey just debate music takes back and forth. Olivia Midrigo, I'll stand by it. To the that's not even the worst mid you handled out last week. But let's go. Let, let's 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 rein it back in. Taya Cooper accepted the qualifying offer with LA. I like that move. She's a good fit on the court, but I also think LA is a great market for her as an individual. Um, having her large fan base, one of the top athletes in terms of social media engagement and things. She showed a lot of promise um, in the second half of last year. Did a complete 180 in my book over the course of the season. Down the stretch, she was locked in defensively. She was shooting the ball better and really making like finding her way and using her athleticism better. So really like that fit as a long-term piece for the Sparks. We lose Nia Coffey. 
And that makes me really sad because if you listen to the show before, I ranted about Nia Coffey like every week because I love the way she plays. But as Corey mentioned, I'll still get to see her play because I'll be at the Dream Games. Um, but Atlanta throwing money somewhere. Somebody got to get it. I'm happy Nia Coffey getting paid. Um, she deserves it. And I'm looking forward to seeing her hoop again. I'm really curious to see what they put around her because she can do a lot of different things. So I'm curious to see how they build that roster. But she'll be a good compliment beside the players we do know that are there. Yeah, for for the Sparks to lose Nia, especially she came into her own as like a weak side kind of rim protector. Boy. Like you just see people try to get to the rim and get a layup and you see Nia come out of nowhere and just be like, yep, we're sending that back to the eighth row. Like to lose that is tough. Um. But man, Atlanta's going to be fun because, like you said, and they're going to be throwing a lot of money in general. Like, I'm interested to see what they come up with. Um, very on brand for Atlanta. Set but, money. But um, to your point, we're losing the coffee in LA, but we got Gabby Williams coming in, and I think Gabby Williams will add a bit more offensively, which I think is more necessary than what we're losing defensively with Nia. So. I, I think it's kind of a trade-off because I don't think those two would have worked together at the same time, but I think you had to pick one or the other, and obviously they made a choice. So. Well, and yeah, you guys have enough of a defensive identity to begin with. While losing right. a player like Nia Hurts, there's so many like strong team defenders before you even get into the individual stuff to begin with, but like... Right. That's one of the things that I, I love about bringing Taya back. And if they're able to bring Sykes back, I know that's still kind of like figuring all the cap machinations out are going to be something. But like, there's a foundation there that even losing Nia Coffey, you're still going to be one of the stronger defenses in the league. So incorporating more offense, I think, is really important. So yeah. it, my, my pushback for that is yeah, there is a lot of really good defenders. Like, Sykes is fantastic. Like, Cooper has been very, very good. It's it's tough to lose an actually very good rim protector. Sure. No, like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be positive, but I understand. The like, yeah, you can have really, really strong guard defenders, but, like, they could only be that good for that long, right? Like, eventually, you just have to bank on somebody getting beat because, like, that's just what it is. Like, that, I do genuinely think that's a tough value to lose. Like, it is hard to be a very good defense without that. So I think they will take steps back. Like maybe Zowie B comes into a lane of uh, <laughs> I Bailey. Don't I don't. I'm, I was waiting because I was going to counter your point with the fact that presumably when the Sparks are healthy, you'll have a better big rotation than you did last year to make up for that run protection. You'll have another year of men's IB. Ideally, Tanae's back more. Nyko should be back more. You'll still have Lauren Cox, who was once Defensive Player of the Year for her conference in college. Like, maybe it's not as explosive or exciting as a Nia Coffee, but, like, I really don't think you're losing as as much. Like, do I think maybe we'll have the third-ranked defense again? No, but top you'll five? Be much, you'll, and you'll also be much better offensively when you have the combination of AZB off the bench and uh, Los Angeles in the, in the starting. Corey, I hate you. I'm going to kick you off our own pod. Again, I have to take shots because we're getting to the point later in the show where Corey is going to be sad. Carissa, <laughs> anything else to add on on all of that with the Sparks? Um, I'm just ready for my favorite player to come back. Gabby? 
Yeah, you and Bailey are going to really bond over that because you guys are both excited about that. So I'm sure there will be lots of conversations on this pod about Gabby Williams between the two of you. But I'm going to actually start with you on this one, Chris, because like we touched on a little bit with Nia Coffey going there, but Atlanta is making moves, and it's not like the starry names that we thought about yet, but we haven't heard anything about some of the stars on the market, but they got Nia Coffey, they got Kia Stokes, they re-signed Tiffany Hayes, questionably enough. They lost their all-star, who we'll get into later. What do you think of Atlanta's offseason so far? Um, I think they've they've signed some some pretty good people. Like we talked about Nia Coffee as well as Kia Stokes. Um, she did great things at uh UConn. Um and then Tiffany Hayes, that that is questionable. Like you're wanting to build a better culture and yet you sign someone who is beefing with the whole team publicly. <laughs> that that truly is that truly is something if i could if i could sum up like the atlanta dreams free agency this year with one song and be spend it by two chains because this summer i'm I'm telling you all they're doing is spending money and and is there it's mine i spent that is all they're doing bailey they are just spending money in their right to do absolutely, but man, they're they're gonna be giving people some offers, and I'm gonna be questioning some of them to be like, how is this really gonna work? And like the one that I thought that they were actually gonna go after was Diamond the Shields, and then like I think it was Rachel Galligan that was no. like, that was like even- yeah, they're, they're not even <laughs> interested in Diamond, like they're not even interested. I'm like, huh? Like what are we doing? But hey, we'll see. Diamond's actually low-key in a weird place because it seems like no one has, or like, at least reportedly, no one has talked to Diamond. Like, she seems like she knows she's out in Chicago. But one of the, I remember one of the comments where she's like, yeah, I wanted to come back, but it might not be in the cards. Let's see what's out there type of deal. And everyone had penciled in Atlanta forever, and that's not really there at the moment. The one-time WNBA Twitter was almost unanimous. I mean, like, 99% unanimous pretty much. It was very wrong. That just showed me I'm going to go back to believe my own stuff because I only bought into that because of W Twitter because I don't know anything. But like, like in terms of like insider reporting, you know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah. I don't know who. So like, but like I bought really into that because I was like, it like makes I, a lot of sense. It does. That's our home. Yeah, but yeah. the reports that they haven't reached out to her much is is kind of interesting. I don't know what to make of what Atlanta's doing. I really actually like. Like, these are the kind of moves that you really like if they end up adding another big name. But, like, they also don't necessarily have to because they have that high pick and you have Kennedy coming back. So maybe they don't have to, but it's like, they were, I, was, I was just really of the mind that they were going to be building, not necessarily, I've thrown around the term super team, but it's not even that. It's just adding, like, one star level player, and they still could if a Liz Cambage goes there or a Tina Charles goes there. But with these moves, I don't necessarily think that that's where we're headed to. I think we're headed to a solid role player team built around those two guards and whoever they get with their draft pick. Maybe they're the type of team that like works with Dallas. If Dallas has to unload people and you bring in either a younger player or a Kayla Thornton or something like that, if Dallas has to move around money, but I'm starting to think just based on the way these moves have been trickling out that we're not going to get that star player on Bailey's Atlanta dream, which I don't hate because like, the only player we've heard them publicly talk about, honestly, before this, was Kalia Copper on the on the finals like halftime show with with uh, Renee. 
So we haven't really heard them connected to any of the other bigger names and Copper's Court. So I, I don't think that I'm starting to cool off a little bit. I'm thinking they're going to be this team that takes this monstrous leap forward. I think they could definitely be better than they were last year. It would be hard to be worse given everything that happened last year, but they're in a different place than I thought they would be. As much as I like the signing, like I said, like I like I like Kia Stokes a lot. I don't think she's like a star or anything, but I think she's a- serviceable. She does her job. Yeah, that's and like for a team last year that was unprofessional at best, having somebody that comes in and does your job is it, it, like that's an improvement. Like I, I like these moves. I'm just not sure exactly what. Like it's not what I expected. And maybe that's me inflating my own expectations a little bit. But Akil, you mentioned earlier, but Brie in January talking to Seattle. I, I assume she was going to be leaving my team this this whole time. I guess my question is. Why does Seattle need her and Subert and uh, like like what are they doing with all these guards? Like that, that I guess I'm confused. I, I genuinely think it's that they're just banking on Jordan Canada not being there. But is, is January a bench player? Because I don't think of her as such. Uh, she'll have to be like, because <laughs> like, right, she's not going to she's not going to start over either of the other two guards. Yeah, like she's not she's not starting over Jewel. She's not starting over Sue. She will have to be a backup guard. Like that is the only way it is getting sliced. I mean, she kind of like you know take your position, fill huh? the role. He's a veteran, so it's like she just needs to fill the role that she. Yeah, needs to exactly. There's nothing wrong with that, but like I don't know how she's starting. Like, and then I, I swear to God, if we lose Jewel Lloyd and Brianna January is like our backup plan to losing Jewel Lloyd, my name to the transfer portal so fast. Let me tell you, I'm out of there. I'm what gone. A fake fan. Deuces. I was going to say, I might be a baby fan, but Akil is a fake fan. It's like, <laughs> I love January, or at least I did until that questionable 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 reverse layup in the second round of the playoffs i just that's weird i'd rather her go and like this isn't we've talked a lot of trash on appeal like his and his storm this pod but i don't actually mean this as talking trash because i I think this is generally what i'm thinking about where the storm are right now if she was going to be a backup i'd rather go to an actual title contender and i just don't think of the storm that way this coming year, if like like say a Russell leaves and they don't replace her with another capable big, it's okay. Work. Call us underdogs. Call us underdogs. No, do it. Do no. it. Call I us ref- underdogs. I refuse. It's right now, call us underdogs. Do it. No, it's on this year podcast. Call us underdogs. I won't call you underdogs. I'll just call you mid. I think that's it, though, right? Like, I mean, if we're relying on like the Stewie we saw per- post injury last year, combined with Joel and Sue and losing some more of your depth. I'm not sure that's more than a five or six seed. And like, why would Brian January go there to be a backup there? I'd yeah, honestly, her- honestly, I will say it here and here right now, I am expecting the Seattle storm to be nothing but mid this year. Like we will probably sneak into an eight seed if we are lucky. Or like one eighty, or a six seed or a five seed, whatever that number is. We will be a bottom of the pack. Yeah. Seed. 
I think he'll probably be like a five or six because I, like we saw last year that below 500 teams were like it's seven and eight. And I don't think that that's what Seattle is going to be. I think they're going to be right around 500. Yeah. I, I, I generally do agree with that. And I think in that same breath, I think the Liberty are going to get a lot better too. So I would not be surprised that the New York Liberty are a better team than the Seattle storm at the end of next season. That's oh, what I mean. Sparks. Like, well, that's yeah. I think the Sparks are actually going to be really good, but we'll get into that another day. But like, you, like the teams that Seattle finished in front of last year, I, I think Minnesota might take a slight drop off because of missing fee for the whole or most of the season. Uh, but I think New York's going to be better. I think that Chicago is obviously better than the 560 that they were last year. I think Vegas is going to be dynamic, but. Yeah, I, so I'm just a little bit nervous. So that's why, like, I, I wanted to see Brienne if she was going to go somewhere else. If she's going to be a backup, go to a title contender. And I don't think that's here. That, that's fair. Why would you be a backup for the old Seattle Storm and it could be a backup for the Vegas Aces or Chicago, Chicago Sky. Sky? Yeah, that's what I mean. So, yeah, exactly. But yeah. One more thing before I get to my Connecticut son. It seems that Raquan Williams is back with the aces they she talked to a bunch of teams too we we had like i remember talking on twitter thinking well she's talking to chicago what does that mean for somebody like uh, courtney vandersloot and Allie quigley like is is, is Allie quigley leaving slash retiring now we don't have to worry about that until they resign raquan williams is back with vegas as much as akil has said stuff about uh kelsey plum averaging a ton of threes in the system I think we're going to see a transcendent Raquana Williams in Becky Hammond's system. Do you agree with me, Akil, or do you think that's all going to be focused on Kelsey Plum? No, I, I think it'll be shooters galore, right? Like, I could absolutely see a, to- a period of time where they're playing Chelsea Gray, Raquana, KP, Asia and throw out whomever else like it'll just be like four out one in like let Asia work if Asia sees a double she's kicking and shooters are shooting shots like it'll be a ton of fun a ton of high level really really good role players to kind of play around Asia and what she's very good at like Rakano's the type of player where no matter what, she'll always have a job in the W because she can knock down shots and play defense. So like if you do that bare minimum, you will be able to get paid as long as you're able to do those things at a well enough level. Um, so good for her getting a bag and, and wanting to go back and run it back with Vegas, especially with a new coach. I love it. it makes a ton of sense. Chris, do you feel some type of way that she spurned your Chicago sky or would you rather keep Vander Quakes together? Oh, you know how I feel. Come on. I actually think that works out best for both parties, honestly. So, you agree, Bailey? I do. And I think it would be really cool if we see Raquana Williams go for reestablishing her scoring record. That would be fun. And a different type of offense. And just have one of those hot nights. Do I think it happens? No. But it would be fun. Just have her come out on fire one game. Put up like 30 and a half. And everybody be like, oh, is she going to do it? Like the issue is, I don't even like. I don't think that's necessarily likely, but I could see her coming out and having like this huge half because you're going to be operating in so much more. Like she was transcendent in her role last year for Vegas as one of the best three point shooters in the league. Now put her in an offense that is going to be open, like yeah. <laughs> or modern. Like I, I just think that she's going to just she's more than 
not more than because I think Asia's like I said earlier, like when when Beckham was hired, I think we were looking at an Asia Wilson possible MVP season. I don't know if there's a player that was on the Aces last season other than Asia that is going to thrive more in this new offense than Raquana Williams. I think she was built for this. And I think um I think Becky will really unlock that. But I also think like I think it'd be interesting what kind of system she runs. And I do think to Akil's point about letting Asia work and having space, like one of the biggest improvements I saw from Asia last year that I remember speaking about was her passing. I think she's a really, really good passer. And I think you started seeing that last year. So I do think that she can make teams pay for throwing extra bodies to her and putting other players in the right places at the right time with the right team around her. And she's got chemistry to all of their players. It's going to like be really scary. And then you have to consider like Becky Hammond got a bulk of experience in the Spurs organization who built around a transcendent post player in Tim Duncan for so many years. And you have a transcendent post player in the W. And I think there's a lot of parallels to that. So I really do think like not only will the aces like average a lot more threes, I don't know where they ranked last year in assists, but I could see them being a very high end assist team as well. Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say really quickly, like Bailey touched on it, but she got a lot better at reading double teams. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll at, genuinely mean a lot. Like, the moment she sniffed anybody coming her way, that ball was out of her hands already to whoever was helping over. And yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And I think she's only going to get better at it. And I think it, it's going to be harder to double, right? Like, there's just going to be more space. Like, you're going to be thinking a little bit harder about leaving corner three when it's Raquana and Kelsey William, Kelsey Plum standing in the corners. Like, it, it's going to be harder to think about coming over and helping. So, yeah, that system's going to be a ton of fun. Threes are going to fly. I think the ball's going to spread around a lot more as well. And I think they'll probably also use Asia a lot more as a play initiator too, um, which would be super cool because I think that unlocks some different stuff that you haven't seen as well before. I could yeah, see I, the, I could see her like living on the free throw line, not like as shooting free throws, but like in the offense. Yeah, like, like they will definitely do some high post stuff where she's yeah. catching at elbows extended and they're running curlers off of her. And curlers are setting down screens for people, right. and then you're just doing a whole ton of read and react stuff from that out. That th- that seems scary. That absolutely just disgustingly seems scary, and I don't want to be any team playing that. Because Asia's physical and strong enough to play against fives, but still maintain her advantage, right? And But she can knock down the mid-range, like we talked about. She's a good enough passer to work out of there. Like, putting her... And again, we've all talked about Asia at the five. And while I don't know if they go full-time Asia at the five, like Akil said, like 10, 12 minutes a night, putting her at the five and, it, you know, be the one in, four out, but not even all the way in, like free throw in, like it's well, it's terrifying. So you about. say that, but like. I think they could do it. I Free agency has made me think that that's more of a possibility. Unless like yeah. all jokes aside about what I said earlier, unless Liz does go to LA and it's some sort of sign and trade involving a player on that roster, like, like a AZB or something like that. Freedom. She's shaking up that we think that Vegas is losing their starting center and their backup center in Kia Stokes. So I don't know who they're going to get. That's going to be a starting center next to Asia. 
So I don't know exactly what happens, but I could see her. And, and we were often not thrilled to make the cross league comparisons, but I don't think that it's offensive in any sort of way to compare her to the current reigning league MVP. I could see her performing in such a role as a Nikola Jokic because she, like you said, the same thing. she's operating from like the free throw line extended and stuff like that. And being like the big passer. And also like, just so being one of the best assisters in a league, while also being one of the go-to scorers. I, I do think that that's something that if they want to run a more modern offense, they could do. I don't know who they're going to get as a center to play alongside her at this point, unless Akil's vote for Steph Dolson does happen, because very quickly the starting center market on free agency is, is drying up, and I don't know who they're going to get to pair with her unless there is some sort of trade. So definitely something to keep an eye on, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely – I'm happy to see Raquana Williams back. I, I do think this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, since, I mean, I'm basically just going to sit here and say, like, everybody leaving my Seattle storm. Like, you know what would make a ton of sense just from a value pick? Like, I would be going after Mercedes Russell right now if I was Vegas. Like, she is big enough to handle some beatings next to Asia. And then you could also go Asia at the five as well. Like, I feel like Mercedes Russell would be the perfect center to, like, be there next to well, them. I'm glad you shouted that out because I did say the center market, the starting center market is drying up. And I was just blanking on Mercedes Russell. And that's a player that I actually love. I, I mentioned her last year a lot on our pod, actually, was that she was one of my favorite players to watch because the way she would work the glass was so impressive. So I do think that's an interesting shout. But so the Connecticut Sun, they resend John Quell Jones to a multi-year deal. That's all we have to talk about, right? You're the host. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you don't want to talk about Courtney Williams going back, you don't have to. No, I mean. I, I mean, I was laughing at your pain. You better believe it. <laughs> um, to me, it's the second most meat-eating crow slash having to deal with things I was I don't want to say wrong about, but that I have to deal with on a regular basis. Only behind me saying that the Chicago Sky were going to get eliminated by the Dallas Wings and they went on to win the title. Um, Beyond that, I now have to root for Courtney Williams. Courtney Williams is returning the the Connecticut Sun in something that I think surprised basically everyone on W Twitter. All, all my jokes aside about that I thought she was going to be out of the league, I legitimately thought that if she was going to be in the league, it was going to have to be with, like, a fever team trying to incorporate an all-star or something like that. I didn't think it was going to be an established locker room bringing her in. I hope this is what she needed. I know she has a checkered pass there, and just like I joked earlier, a checkered pass in Atlanta. But... When she was in Connecticut before, she was an important part of why they got to the finals. So I'm going to continue to tell myself that this is the best thing possible for my team. And I will learn to love Courtney Williams because she will not be able to be this ISO dominant player on a team that already has these hubs of the team in a Dewana Bonner and a John Paul Jones and Alyssa Thomas. That hurt my ears too, Bailey. What are you going to do? I'm not going to lie, for some reason in this whole discussion, I completely forgot about Dewana Bonner and the idea of Courtney Williams as Dewana Bonner. Somebody else talk about this. I can't be positive. I mean, they say they say Kurt Miller's a good psychologist, right? I mean, and that's the thing, like, I love Dewana Bonner, 
but I also didn't think that last year showed that she was the best fit for them. And I think if you get one of Courtney Williams or Nawana Bonner and you just have one, then it's fine. And I think Courtney Williams might be the better fit for the Sun. But having both of them there is kind of like... Like I mean, Bailey, we talked about it last week. Like they need perimeter shot creation. And they got that. They got that. Like that's what I'm saying. But I mean, some of the shots might be at actual teammates, but <laughs> the shot creation is absolutely, absolutely there. That's for sure. Jesus, Akila. Oh my gosh. I didn't think they served shots at that chicken stop. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Hey, it really packs quite a bite, doesn't it? <laughs> Y'all are. Not even funny, but I, this is more therapy than comedy. Tell me how Courtney Williams and Dewana Bonner are going to play together. I just, I, it's an interesting fit to me, and I'm a little hesitant on that part of it. But I do think that the sun got better. Like, you think, I think you think they got better? Yeah, I think they got better because we talked about Brand January and Jasmine Thomas sharing the backcourt, not having enough shot creation. And you get someone who theoretically can provide that shot creation. I don't like Courtney Williams kind of had an iffy year last year, like efficiency wise, Um, but very, very interesting situation in Atlanta. So we're not going to necessarily hold that against her, but like she also is a solid enough defender where you don't drop off too bad in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say they got better. I'm just incredibly curious to see how that team flows. This isn't fair. Because I'm going to pose this question to Carissa, but this is also probably my most disrespectful question that I can pose. Do they bring Courtney Williams off the bench and start Natisha Heideman? No. It's what I want. I know it's not reasonable, but I just, like, I don't know how she fits with the rest of the starting lineup because she became so ball dominant last year that I do think that even, so even if I, in my most generous reading of the situation. I think that she is probably best served as a bench scorer on a team like Connecticut, where you have a lot of ball dominant players in, like I said, Alyssa Thomas and John Quill Jones were kind of butting heads in the middle of the offense last year. And as Bailey said, if nothing else, the water water is kind of wants to be on the ball. I, you know, could you imagine trying to figure out an offense that has Courtney, Dewana, A.T., and John Quell on the floor at the same time? And I just remembered Bree Jones exists. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. Like, I, I'm, uh, noted, like, noted most improved player, Bree Jones. I, I honestly, during this entire discussion, I was like, there's someone on that team I'm forgetting. And then I was like, it's Bree Jones. Like, mm-hmm. like there's, there's a lot of mouse to feed on that team this year. And I, I genuinely do mean this. Like, who are you Ow. playing? Who are you playing? That first instinct is to genuinely like. I don't need to shoot this basketball. Like, who can I? Who can I sit here and pass this basketball to? Ooh, to try to get something to happen. Uh, because, like, first of all, Dewana is great, like, amazing defender. But it's just like she kind of needs the ball. John Quell kind of needs the ball. Alyssa Thomas kind of needs the ball. Courtney, oh, Courtney Williams, by the way, noted WNBA All-Star 
kind of needs the ball. Y'all are taking some unprecedented shots here. Coming from like the fact that Corey is actively taking shots is no. So like it's it's not even just that I don't like it's it's that you don't like her on your team even more. Well, no, it's just I don't understand how the team construction works because yes, we wanted shot creation, but you wanted shot creation that was not ball dominant because you have ostensibly four players from last year that are extremely ball dominant. I I think that in a vacuum, she is a very good infusion of talent. I Kurt Miller's gonna have to be even like a level higher of coach than I think he is, and I already think of him rather highly. Right. I just even like even if you like you said you forgot about Brianna Jones, even if you remove her from the equation, like you said, how do Courtney Williams and Dewana Bonner share the floor? Just boil it down to that. Because that's not even incorporating the MVP of the league or a player who looked like before they were <laughs> eliminated from the finals or from the playoffs two years ago could be a finals MVP in Alyssa Thomas. How do those two players share the court? I, I don't I don't get it. I they play the same the same exact role. I'm very confused, and this has turned into more of a me being angry segment of the podcast than anything. And that's not what I intended. It's just I'm very like we harp on the team construction for a lot of teams, and while we make fun of it a lot with an Indiana team that doesn't have a direction, Connecticut ostensibly has a direction. I don't understand this direction. Courtney Williams going to have to revert to a player she was when she left the team. And I don't know, like she left the team and they improved on her with a Dewana Bonner who was amazing in Phoenix. So I'm very confused. This is something we will probably talk about throughout much of the season. So look forward to me venting about my Connecticut son on this podcast throughout the season. We're here for, (laughs) I don't know if the listeners are, but here we are. Still, we're here for this. Is your this is your group therapy for this the is, w. Hey, man, look, this is this is your time too. So yeah, that's about it on free agency for now, Bailey. I was going to kick it to you always for this, but here we are. Talk to hey. us about athletes unlimited. Yeah, cool. So that fancy new AU league is underway. They played some scrimmages over the weekend. Got their team set for week one. And we're ready to tip off. It all starts on Wednesday of this week when, and goes through the weekend. Pretty exciting stuff. Got a lot of good names in here. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with how the AU works, they're going to have like weekly drafts and a scoring system for the individual players as opposed to teams, which is really cool. Uh, you get points from winning as a team your individual stats and then you get like voted from mvp of the game which is cool and then the top players get to be captains every week and they the teams rotate and whatnot this week's teams were led by kelsey mitchell mercedes russell odyssey sims and dejanet carrington which is really cool those teams are available on twitter if you want to go look at them but there's like I'm not going to go over 48 players worth of teams or how many it is, but I'm on Team Carrington, just saying that right now. So the games tip off on, like I said, Wednesday. The first one's going to be on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. The second one's going to be on CBS Sports there at 8 Eastern and 11 Eastern. Next day, or the next day is the 28th. That's going to be on FS2. 
And then on the 29th, they're on FS2 and socials again. I'm excited to watch this. I don't know about y'all. I saw some highlights from the scrimmage. Um, they were hooping pretty good. It's interesting twist on some traditional rules. Kind of like not quite the same, but it's just like a different out- outlet to watch hoops, kind of like the basketball tournament, TBT. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. A lot of people have been asking TBT to get a women's, and I feel like AU kind of jumped in there a little sooner. It also gives the ladies an opportunity to not necessarily have to go to overseas to play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if y'all have any thoughts on it, just kind of, I wanted to touch on it because it felt relevant. No, I'm, I'm glad before anyone else, I, I'm glad you shouted out TBT because the first thing I thought was this feels like the big three. But it's 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 more than that, right? It's the it, like the TBT is a perfect job because it's a lot of players that have either lapsed out of the league or are looking for a bigger role. And I thought that, that was like just if nothing else, Dijonet being a captain of one of these teams is just something that kind of like builds up the league a little bit more because it's a player for my Connecticut son who I just ranted on. Building up uh, a like like it's not just like the stars of the league, it's also like the rookie, like the coming off a rookie season of the league and building up these players like that. And I think that's really cool. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's really cool that they're on socials because we're going to see in the coming months that the way cable deals and stuff like that are changing. We saw it yesterday, like or over, over the last week with the NFL where they're talking about like Amazon's going to get into it. And I do think that next, like in the coming years, we're going to see more games on socials. The fact that the, the W and AU by extension are pioneers in that realm, I think is very interesting, but I want to go to Carissa first because I know me and Bailey are both on Team Dijonet and you were not. So what are your thoughts on the AU? You know, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. And I am glad that they don't have to go overseas. Hopefully this is, you know, the start of something new. Um, and, yeah, I'll be watching on Wednesday. Akil, I don't think there were any tight cover members on there. Are you going to be paying attention to the AU this year? I have a captain. I thought you were a Mercedes Russell fan. Oh, that's right. She's not technically a, a storm right now. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you just pushed her on two different teams during our last segment. Show so. did. I'm, I'm glad to have her back, but I mean, it d- does not sound like she'll be back. But yeah, you know, the, I'm the so department. down bad, bro. All right, <laughs> let's go. I, for one, am excited to watch Essence Carson hoop again. Mm-hmm. She was a favorite player of mine when she was in L.A. Like one Kalani, of Brown, Kalani Brown is an AU as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I need, say, that. I, I I need that. She needs to be back in the league. Man. I, was, I was a huge proponent for her being back in the league last year, so I'm excited to see her again. I, I promise you she's better than, like, six people that are on the Indiana Fever. Like, I promise it, it, you. Yvonne McGee Stafford hooping again, said Colson. Like, there's a lot of players here that – like you said, I've touched the league or retired from the league or whatever that are hooping in this that I'm excited. But there's also some of these other players like Taj Cole sticks out to me. Um, who else out here? Let me look at some of these names. Takara Ross sticks out to me. Like there's just a handful of players like on every different level of this that all stick out to me. And I did you big. did you mention noted mitten legend Amani McGee Stafford? I did, but you were speaking at the same time, so Tough. I probably didn't pick up. But, but yeah, um, there's just a lot. There's like storylines and players that you want to see that all the three, like three or four different like tiers of players, whether it be a W player, former W player, noted college player, or like whatever, like just different levels that 
all stick out. And I think it's going to be some really competitive hoops. So. Yeah, it's nice. Like we, we've made the Prague jokes. We've made the overseas, like kind of commenting on what, what's going on overseas throughout the off season. But it's nice to see that we're going to get, other than the college level, some women's hoops this week. I'm excited to actually like check it out. So for sure, I'm, I'm glad you, you shouted that. And we'll be bringing that in a little bit as it goes along. It's it, it's like our focus is on W, but we'll definitely be shouting it out as a lot of this is going on. So the only other thing before we get into the closing segment is I don't I don't know if any of y'all saw this, but I think one of the most interesting tweets of anywhere across the last week was the WNBA. Sorry, the WNBPA uh, commented on a post from Delta where they mentioned do you do y'all have flights to the Bay, Toronto, and Nashville? We've obviously seen the proposal for a team in the Bay Area. And I know Nashville and Toronto had been two of the more rumored locations, but it's one thing for us fans to be rumoring these kind of things, and it's another for the Players Association to be dropping that. So I think these are cities we've talked about a bunch on here when it comes to expansion. If it's not going to be a team going back to a city that we've seen before, uh, Bailey, I'll start with you on this. What did you think of them just floating that out there? You know, it, it's kind of hard to gauge, right? Because, yes, it's the WMBPA, but at the end of the day, it's just a tweet. Correct. And, and they know, presumably, sometimes last year didn't seem like they were paying attention, but presumably they're paying attention to what people are saying and talking about. So, presumably, they could just be playing to the hype. But also, like, it's exciting. I mean, the W doesn't really, for all their Twitter flaws and faux pas, they don't really waste Twitter too too often. So I don't expect them to kind of pump fake us on a tweet. Does that mean we're going to get a team this year? Absolutely no, not. no, no, no. But like, those are the cities that have floated around for a while. So I already consider them to be at the forefront. And now, like, that just shows that. Hey, we're not just a bunch of delusional fans throwing together cities. Like these are actual cities that are on the radar for the W two, or they're just playing us in our face and throwing it back at us. But we're gonna we're gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I, I feel like what the WMBPA did. It's like everybody knows the uh, the office, the um, fire alarm skit, like fire safety training bit. Uh, where they where Dwight lifts the bat and he basically says, "Everybody, like fire training, let's do this." And like you see Michael Scott basically like, "Oh my God, this is happening." I kind of feel like this is what the WMBPA did. Like, it's just a little bit of a teaser. Like, get ready. Like, it could be happening very very soon. Like rap fans, like everybody wants the J Cole Kendrick collab album, probably not happening. Uh, but everybody still kind of always wants that to happen. Um, but I think we're, we're getting very, very close. And this is also why I couldn't, like, be a GM or, like, anybody that's in charge of anything in the sports world. Because if I had a Twitter that was verified, all I would do is tweet the eye emojis just to get my fan base to talk about anything. Like, all I would do is tweet eye emojis, like, all day, every day. And fans would probably hate me for it. But I'd see how much ruckus I'd start on my timeline. I'd personally eat it up. Um, I'm sending this. I'm sending this straight to Twitter. Never, uh, never verify this man. Never. <laughs> All I Should, do is tweet eye emojis. I don't think that three is a weird number, 
considering that would put us at 15 teams. I do think that realistically, maybe one of them gets, no, probably two of them at first, and then maybe the third and another at some point. Or if they do four, I, I don't think that, it was a weird number, right? But I do think it was pointed because those are three of the more talked about markets. I know, Chris, we have talked about them expanding before, and you've been more of an advocate for some of the college cities. What, 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 what Did you think anything of this, or are we just overreacting because it's fun to talk about cities? I never think anything of it until it's actually something. Because, I mean, they've been flowing it for years, and it's just like, okay. You're the Every most reasonable one. Every it happens. It gets traction, and then it doesn't. So until somebody signs a dotted line, I'm okay. See, that's – if nothing else, I mean, there are a million reasons why you're here. But if nothing else, it's because you're the stabilizing force. You're the more level-headed one of all of us. And ultimately, I only brought that up so I could talk about cities because we have a cities debate this week. We do. Where, where y'all are arguing musical cities. Yes, That's a very good transition, by the way. That was an elite one. I can't wait for Carissa to watch us by just saying, my city is Nashville. It's Nashville. And... I'm about to, because I, I haven't even ate dinner yet. I'm ready to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's ready to go. We'll start yeah. with you, and you can dip out whatever you want. Carissa, get us started on the musical cities debate. What is your city? So I'm going to go with Nashville, Tennessee. Um, for, like, it's country, it's blues, it's R&B. Like, people go to Nashville, and they can sing any song. Like, it's the music city. So that's my argument. So I almost nailed that to a T. Before I get to the other two, I will tell you that you are the only one on this panel that I have been to a city they are arguing for. And while that is not the kind of music I mess with, that city was a whole vibe. And it almost made me. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's the kind of thing that Stop, I was Stop, like, Corey. You know you listen to Luke Bryan every day of your life. I Hey, here's the thing. Um, see-through white, I don't listen to country. You know what was a vibe, though, of the country world? Chris Chris Stapleton. Let me tell you that brother. I was about to say, Chris, like he's got the lifer black card. Like he's invited to every cookout possible. <laughs> um just shouts to him. Brother well, can sing. Idiot, you're next. Akil, what city are you rapping? Oh, I thought Bailey was going. Are right, you no, next? I'm kicking All right, you. Five, 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 five. Um, I'm rapping Kingston, Jamaica. Well, go. All right. And I'm rapping it because I know Bailey's rapping his city, and his city's a very one of my favorite cities ever. Like, I love Atlanta. It's a great city. It's elite in its own right. Uh, but I'm rapping Kingston, Jamaica. Uh, more for the historical value. Literally was the birth of hip hop. Um, I don't know if you guys know this name, but there's a guy by the name of Clive Campbell, aka DJ Cool Urk was born in Jamaica, and when he was very young, he saw a lot of these street parties where people were basically playing music with a ton of loud bass, and people were doing this thing called quote-unquote toasting, which is people that were chanting and giving their own freestyle melodic poems over said beats. Fast forward to his adult life, he moves to New York, which is in the Bronx where he moved. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take what I saw there, bring it to New York, Boom, created freestyling. Boom, created rap. Boom, Kings of Jamaica created rap. Boom, can't top it. Well, you nailed the time. I don't know if that nailed the debate, Bailey. So, like, so I'm repping Atlanta. 
I don't do that a lot, but I'm here. And Atlanta's music roots go back a long way through a lot of different genres. You got people like Gladys Knight, SOS Band, Tag Team, whatever. But I am more focusing on during my lifetime because right now Atlanta is a very prominent hub for music and culture. And it really started in the early 90s and specifically in 1995 at the Source Awards. Andre 3000 said the South got something to say. At that point in time, it was focused a lot on East-West, but that set off a ripple effect. And Atlanta like started becoming more mainstream with rap and R&B and writing and production and different types of flows. And it went in a lot of different directions. You had like Lil John and Crime Mob, Ludacris, all of them in rap, like bringing Crunk to the to the forefront. But then you also had like Social Def and Jermaine Dupree, Monica, Sierra, and R&B. And then you go to Gucci, GZTI, Soldier Boy, Travis Porter, all of them, all the way up to now. And it's everywhere you go. All right. Yeah. Um, it's biased because I risk. Not to say risk, but here we are. Um, I already said I don't really mess with that kind of music. And, and, and Akil, I actually thought your debate was pro- maybe better. But Bailey's also repping the kind of music I like. So I'm going to go with Bailey. First of all, by the way, I don't know what kind of atl he is to not bring up Gutty Mob and CeeLo Green. He was, play- he was playing to the judge, bro. That's, that's blasphemous, by the way. I literally said Dungeon Family. Did you not hear that? No, I didn't. Bailey, well, plug your stuff and we'll get out of here. All right, cool. Can I, can I plug our new thing? Sure, whatever, man. All right, cool. All right, well, I'm plugging another new thing. For those of you that are listening to our podcast right now, you've ideally been listening to us for a minute through a name change, through a location change, or we're announcing a new opportunity. I'm going to announce it once again. We're going to join the Sport Ethos family and help them form their W coverage. We're going to be their cornerstone pod. Details are in the works, but we know we're going to start doing two pods a week. And, you know, looking forward to see where we go from there and grow from there and getting involved in a good network that we like. And that is my plug for the week. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it's great that we're all growing. I think that this is a big move for all of us. It's only up from here, man. Also, outlapass.net coming soon. February is going to be a big month. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing a bunch of stuff on Outlet Pass. This, this partnership with Sports Ethos is the first step. But we'll all be doing a bunch. Like, you know, we'll be doing a haters newsletter. Carissa will be doing everything that Carissa is good at. Possibly a YouTube channel if Bailey ever gets on it. Who knows? Well, here we are. Stone, stone. All right, man. Sure. Let's get out of here. I got this to do. And we'll catch you next week on Rebel Edition.